Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenistas podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Ebenistas podcast. I'm Doreen. (laughs) I'm Javi. And we are really excited, as you can tell, to uh, bring you another episode of this amazing show. Well, in my opinion, I'm not biased at all. But um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> but today we are going to talk about dating and relationships. And we're going to try to keep it PG and not say anything too offensive or like call anybody out. But if things happen, eh, you know. I was on R rated. <laughs> okay, I thought so we were an we'll, R. We'll kick that up to the R rating. <laughs> Yeah, you. I mean, definitely yeah, not NC-17, it. but an R, soft R. We're all adults. We should be adults <laughs> mostly listening to this. So if you're not, scram. But for um, the sake that my are my parents are listening, probably. So I'm just going to keep it at a light R. <laughs> there you go. You're grown. You're married. You have checked off your boxes. You shouldn't have to explain yourself. <laughs> so I know I really wanted to talk about how I used to, you know, I used to talk to guys on the phone and all that kind of stuff growing up and just talk about the difference between dating today versus dating when we were growing up. It has changed considerably and luckily enough for Jabby she has never been single in her entire life these are lies lies. (laughs) (laughs) because her life started when she met me in my opinion (laughs) she's been in a relationship she's been in a relationship uh, the entire time that we have been friends and then she went on to marry this amazing guy and now they have a baby so she is a success story in the dating (laughs) part and then you go ahead and swing it over to me Um, so I have had some adventures and we're still figuring it out but you know here we are I've been single for short periods of time here and there but historically I tend to be more comfortable with like weird situationships more so than serious relationships but that has changed since I've gotten older so today we're going to discuss dating relationships and all of the good stuff that has happened between the early 1980s until now I want us to get us started with doing a quick little back and forth with Jabby and I where we talk about our favorite couples and that can be famous tv or real life go ahead my first one is from scandal olivia and fit why i don't know i just they are the definition of a toxic couple i don't know i feel like if you remove all of the political stuff that happened and you take out his wife they would just be a great couple you know like i just have always held out hope that yes they're gonna go get the what was it the place in vermont I think. And like, she was going to make jam. I was like, girl, go make your jam with your man. I just, I don't know. And plus I thought Fitz was kind of cute. Oh, he has like no eyebrows. Like if you ever look at him, like where are his eyebrows? They don't seem to be present. They're probably blonde, but you can't see them. It was probably the power of the presidency. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I think that at first, when the seasons kind of first went along, they seemed like they were just sort of star-crossed lovers. But I think as time went on, it went on to show that Fitz was a little more selfish and mm-hmm. was really putting his needs in front of her own, expecting her to always kind of be his cheerleader in the back. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I can't agree with that one. But really. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, who you got? I'm going to go ahead and go old school and say Whitley and Dwayne from Different World. I love them. <laughs> they were my couple goals growing up. I just thought they were so cute. She was so bougie and proper and, you know, debutante. And then he was just this real guy who just really wanted love. And despite the fact that they didn't seem like they would work out, they did. And they really worked really well. And so I, oh. I, I really love them. Yeah, that's a cute one. I, I agree with you. I think they're really cute. Whitley in general, though, she just annoyed me so much. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I will go with Corey and Topanga. I mean, Aww. classic, total classic. And then... 
you saw what is it um the new show that came out the um, about girl meets world yeah with his daughter and they're still together and you know they have this this cute little family and i just thought it was cute they were so great Mm -hmm. great. i thought it was really funny i don't know if you remember the episode when they went to the school dance and they kind of broke up at the end of the episode so they walk away from each other to other sides of the screen and then Topanga runs back, but Corey's not there. And so she walks away. And then Corey is not there. And so he walks away. And it was kind of like, dun, dun, dun. What will happen? I just remember that was so sweet and so sad. I remember watching the show, but asked me to name very specific parts. Yeah, I think it's it's been washed away with years. <laughs> but I do remember loving them. No, they're, oh, wait. Sorry, other than that, from that show was Sean and that girl. Um, yeah. I loved them together. Angela. They were, yes, I remember them. Because they were one of the first like interracial couples on TV. And at the time, Boy Meets World could do no wrong. Oh, yeah. And so it was it was definitely like, whoa. But yeah, they were really cute and happy and like all that good stuff. She actually did an interview recently in real life and said that she had a lot of racist incidents yeah. that happened on that show, which is super sad. I would have well, never guessed really that. Well, she was really specific. I found, um, I don't know if you found out, read the other article, but she said it specifically, she said it was not Sean Ryder. So I was like, it better not be Sean. I was not like, your boo. Or his name, I'm sorry, did I say his name wrong? I can't remember. It's, what was his name? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You get it. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, know who I'm, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, because the guy that played Corey's brother, older brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. He said that they did talk and that he did explain himself and he apologized and all that stuff. So Good. Okay. Uh, it was water in the bridge, you know, but I was so sad when I heard that. I was like, no, not Boy Meets World. Oh, <laughs> Why are you going to do Angela like that? But yeah. So that's what I got for them. I want to say Meghan Markle and Harry. So this is funny because I was like Prince Harry and I was like, wait, what's his last name now that he's not like a prince? So we looked it up and apparently their last name is David. So Meghan Markle and Harry David. Who knew? Not me. So I I hope I've educated you guys. That is his actual last name. I just thought... It was Prince Harry. <laughs> well, I love them because I love the sacrifice that he made. Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe they both made for their families because she was already rich and famous. She gave up her career for him and then he gave up her, his royalty for their family. Yeah. Because after what happened with his mom and, and losing her in that way, I think that he really just was like, I'm not going to let this happen again because the British tabloids were tearing her apart. Oh and God. it was just really killing them. And so I'm so glad that they took a step back and really are just focused on loving each other and raising their child together. And I hope they have more kids. And But I really love them together. They just seem like such a strong couple that seem to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that they work out in the long, long term. Oh, so do I. I love them together. I think they like thankfully pushed the envelope of this whole royalty thing, which I think is completely outdated, but it is what it is. And I, I agree with you completely. I love it. Good for each other. And I love that he's like kind of like the little rebel of the family. He, is. he always has been. <laughs> always has been. I love him. I love uh, who else? Who else you got? So I've got some animated characters. I love Roger and Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) It's so cute. In the movie, they even have like the detective is like, this is your wife. And she's like, I love Roger. (laughs) Yeah. It's so awkward. But like, they're (laughs) such a cute little couple and like nothing tears them apart. I think they're adorable. All right. So everyone knows that I love The Office. And so I'm going to put Jim and Pam Halpert. They haven't always been the best couple for me. Like me and my friend Shereen, we discuss this all the time. We're just like, I was like, I didn't like this part. I didn't like this part. But overall, they were a great couple watching them fall in love and go through like the hardships of marriage and raising a family together. I have always rooted for them to succeed. So I'm going to go ahead and say Jim and Pam help 
whatever. Did you ever see the article? It came out a few years ago where um, the scandal was it? Was I don't know. We were talking about the same one, but where she said, I think there was real love back there, and he was like, "Hold on, it's a church. <laughs> uh, no, ma'am." And she's like, "No, so, no, yeah. no, that's not what I meant." And he's like, "You." nope <laughs> she literally said and she backtracked she literally said that like the reason why it was so believable to watch them fall in love on that show is because they were actually in love in real life that's what Ooh, she said and okay. then he came out and was like no like we you know we may have kissed a couple times but it wasn't really anything like you know serious and then yeah. she started backtracking but she was also at the time trying to revamp her career and yeah. so it, it made me wonder she just said that to kind of get some more attention because she just like started a new show at that time she just started she a started podcast too i think yeah she did you're right mm-hmm. it's reviewing all the is it reviewing the office episodes is that what happens or uh-huh yeah that was weird i was i just love him for that where he was just like skirt emily blunt is my boo i have That's kids my wifey. don't nope, do this don't, don't come for me nope, <laughs> not today ma'am not today cute. we both so for you we love new girl you said that you love jessica and nick who are the I hot do. mess they are a hot mess but they are so much better together than they are apart she's like way too rainbows butterflies love is amazing mm-hmm. and he's just very like hardened and like bitter but together they just fit so well and you i've invested so much in watching all the episodes <laughs> that i'm like i'm rooting for you guys so i was really happy when they got together i wasn't a biggest fan of the last season but they have to wrap yeah. it up. I get it. So, but I, I did like them together. And then, of course, Schmidt and Cece. Yes. I love they them. They were great. They're so cute. I love how Schmidt just never gave up on Cece. He was like, that. he saw her and he was like, that is my woman. That is going to be mine. And he just went for it. I love um, it. We can say that. So, if you haven't watched A New Girl, then go ahead and tune in because it's funny. But there was a point where he had her and messed it up. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Oh, yeah. But eventually, they got it together. And then once they did, they were, like, set. They were done. And it was just adorable. Spoiler alert. I mean, if you're not watching it, you haven't watched it, whatever. But they um show them now. Like, they've skipped up a few yeah. years. And they have a kid and a house. And I was like, this is so sweet. I love it's it. Cute. I it's love cute. it. Who else? Uh, yeah. who else? I have David and Patrick from Schitt's Creek. That I love that show. Yes. I have shed so many, like, happy tears. Like, I feel like I know them. I'm like, there's the they just really grown up and like they're such a good family now like I really love that show and David and Patrick are like couple goals because David is in a very eccentric he's a very eccentric character he's all Mm -hmm. over the place he's a lot to deal with and his partner that he ends up with has never asked him to change a single thing about himself Mm -hmm. ever and he's just like I love you exactly the way you are I wouldn't change a thing about you like you're fun you're hilarious you fit me you make me so much more happy and separate there a lot but together yeah. again they just like mesh really well so love them I agree with you thank you so much for introducing me to that show by the way like yeah. at first I was like man I don't know if I really want to watch that and then you convinced me and I was like this show is amazing I did I love it I'm Alexis I let that 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 Alexis I'm a little bit I'm a little bit You'll have still, you seen? If you watch the show. You'll see. Oh my god! Have you seen those people that are like re like doing the dance on yes. TikTok or something like that? Yes, I love it. I'm a little bit Alexis. It's so she, yeah, it's funny. I love it. So for my real um, couple, another real couple, I have the Obamas. Yes. Um, just relationship goals all the way. Talk about just being together through all of it. All of it. And they just seem so happy and just so cohesive and they're a cute little family. So, of course, I love what them. What I like is that she has been very honest about the fact that she's like, he may be this perfect man to everyone else, but 
he is still my husband and he is not perfect, but we love each other. We're committed to each other, you know, and we're going to make this work. And so I like that she's honest about the fact that their relationship isn't perfect because no yeah. relationship is. No. And I just love the way that they support each other and uplift each other. I am definitely a fan of the Obamas. And then sure. for my real life couples, I have my grandparents just because they were just, they were together for, whew, I don't even know, decades, mm-hmm. had 13 kids and they were, they really Oof. loved each other. You know, they really loved each other and it was obvious to me. And then I have another friend of mine, my friend Shireen and Mark, and they, we've been friends since college and they are couple goals for me. They just, I have never seen two people just fit so well together. They literally would get so excited to come home to each other every day. I'm like, you're married. You know this, right? Like <laughs> you, you guys live together, but they're like, I can't wait. What time are you going to be home? Oh, I'm going to be home at this time. And they're just so excited to see each other every day. And they just love each other. They just had their, well, they're about to have their 10 year anniversary. So whoop, whoop, shout oh, out congratulations. To you awesome. So those are some of our couple goals. If you guys have any other couple goals, please like email us. Let's talk. Add it on our social media. I, I'm curious to see who else you guys think are couple goals. Mr. Reen, I think you're going to start us off with the scientific reasons for relationships. You want to know what makes everyone fall in love, attraction, all that fun stuff. So I remember meeting one of my neighbors and she was by herself and she was saying that people are not meant to be alone. And obviously you've heard that a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. But she was saying she has no desire to be in a relationship at all. She's like, I don't want to belong to anyone. I don't want to do that. But I know that I need other people around me in order to be a successful human being. Mm-hmm. And scientifically and genetically, that, that is very true. We need relationships. And it doesn't always have to be romantic. And up until recently, I didn't really get the point of dating. I, didn't, I don't think I understood that dating is not about just having fun with one person and just having like a great time. That's mm-hmm. important, but it's also about making a lifelong commitment to another person, promising mm-hmm. to love them, support them, even when things are bad, when things are good, when they're wrong and you're right, or you're wrong and they're right. It's about just being like, I am going to be here. It's about being steadfast in your loyalty to someone. Mm-hmm. And who would you want to be next to you in all aspects of your life? They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be this model human being or fit your every type, but they just have to be really committed to you. And knowing that you're not alone in the world is really important. Humans are not solitary creatures. We always tend to want some form of companionship, even if it's just a deep friendship. Mm -hmm. So when you have relationships, it actually allows you to be less stressed. It promotes healing, healthier behaviors. It gives you a greater sense of purpose, and it actually can make your life longer if you do it if you have healthy relationships around you you always hear what what is it the um kind of like the old thing where people say they die of broken hearts kind of thing yeah you're not meant to be alone you know and so one of the things that will bring people together is being attracted to someone and some of the science behind attraction is like one of the things is pheromones and um And Ooh. how someone smells. And it's not just what cologne you're wearing. It goes, <laughs> it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely on a deeper level. You did a little like research on this, right? Yes. Um, we all know pheromones. Pheromones are basically a scent that breathes from your body. Um, and it influences the behavior of another in- individual. So there's a couple different triggers of this. Animals secrete pheromones to trigger many types of behaviors, including raising an alarm, signaling a food trail, triggering sexual arousal, tell other female insects to lay their eggs elsewhere delineating territory, bond between mother and offspring, 
and warning another animal to back off. So I thought it was so cute, the one, the bond between the mother and offspring, because it's something I learned, obviously, like I'm on my first kid. And I was reading, I was like, how to get your kid to like, you know, breastfeed, like latch on. And I didn't realize that, you know, they're like, okay, when you hold the baby close to you, what ends up happening is the baby finds its way to your nipple and it's just kind of like the pheromones working. Well, also <laughs> when I used to watch my niece when she was first born and my sister went back to work, I would have to, she would cry and like, you know, I would feed her and everything, but she was just kind of, she wanted her mom, I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I had read that if you wear like the shirt, like a shirt that she, my my sister had worn and you put it on your, your, your shoulder, you don't have to put Mm -hmm. it on like physically, it would actually calm them down and it really worked. She would smell her scent and just simmer down, you know? And so kids can't see that well when they're first born. So the pheromones are really a big, it kind of impacts them. But even in relationships, I watched a documentary on HBO years ago where they blindfolded these guys and they had these women line up and they had them lined up in terms of, I think it's it depended on how if they were ovulating or not what? and men were yeah and and so some were ovulating some were not the men were more attracted to just the scent of the woman who was ovulating they mm-hmm. didn't know what it was or just like mm, something about this one yeah and so whether you realize it or not you may actually be attracted to a woman just because she's ovulating <laughs> and because of her pheromones you know yep. it's it's something that's base it's it goes beyond something that we realize we're even smelling i'm making the babies i am baby <laughs> making material <laughs> well, that, that's also the whole thing with the pinker your lips are, and then also cheeks as well. Mm. It kind of signals. We're ready to go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, in doing research on some of the pheromones, there's actually a dating company called Smell Dating, Stop. and yes, it is the first <laughs> mail order smell dating service. In an article by Times Magazine, this company swears by the fact that when it comes to romance, a person's sense of smell—not just how they smell, but how well they smell—may be important. And it can actually be a great way to match people up and, uh, and it can, they can actually determine the success of their romantic relationship by matching up their pheromones to who smells the closest together. So this oh. company will ask you to wear something and take a, a swatch of it and send it in and they'll, they'll match you to someone else. And that's their oh. whole company. Like, would you try something like that if you were single? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know. That kind of freaks me out. That's kind of like the whole thing with people on Craigslist who are like, send me your socks and send me your underwear. <laughs> So it's it is a little weird. So the company is relatively new, but they said they have 222 couples that they have matched up, and and so they're they don't know they can't say necessarily how long the longevity of their connections are going to be based off their smell because they're pretty new. I think they were formed in 2015. So we're going to have to wait and see, but it's just so interesting that there was actually a company that does this for a living. So (laughs) there's something for everyone. Okay. (laughs) We are getting really creative on how to meet people. There's Um, a lot of us on the earth. I mean, look. Yeah. Your soulmate might be in like, you know, Jerusalem or something like that. You just don't know. So I do remember I dated a guy in college and I really liked him. And, you know, he was trying to start up a business and we just really had a great connection and everything was great. Except for the fact that he, to me, he smelled like broccoli and I had never... (laughs) I had never experienced this before. And I'm like, I just kept on sniffing. They're like, no, he smells like broccoli. And broccoli is not the most 
pleasant smell. Yeah. It was like a green vegetable, even fresh out of the shower. He smelled really? like broccoli. And Did I his just, house smell like that? No, it was just, it literally was like coming off of his skin. Whoa. And, and I, I think it was probably pheromones, but maybe my body was like, this is not for you. This man is not for you. You hate <laughs> the smell? Run away. But it, it did not work. Our relationship was an epic fail. And so I, <laughs> I think my pheromones and his pheromones had a talk and they were like, yeah, we don't need to be together. Let's just go ahead and call this a day. But it was interesting. I didn't realize that's probably what it was. That it just, it was his pheromone. But for me, broccoli. it smelled like broccoli. And that's some hilarious. women describe loving this, the way that their boyfriends or ex-boyfriends smell like, oh, he just, he just had this scent, you know, and it's not about deodorant mm-hmm. or cologne. Nope. It's a scent that they have. And so I have definitely had that happen to me. Have you ever met anyone that smelled just like mm, yeah. to you? I had one. I've only had three serious boyfriends, one of them, which is now my husband. And mm-hmm. one of those boyfriends, I do remember, like, had a very specific scent, and it just stuck with me. Like, my body, I don't know, something happened, and I was just like, this is a good scent. This is a good yeah. scent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One of the other things that can make a difference in who you're attracted to is facial symmetry. Ooh. So I like this one. Uh, what is it? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the fact is, is that most humans were attracted to things that are perfectly aligned. You know, it just makes sense to us. And basically the dominant scientific explanation for the attractiveness of facial symmetry is sometimes called evolutionary advantage theory. Therefore, anything less than perfect symmetry indicates some kind of dysfunction, however small. So if one side of the face is a little off, like from the nose or something, or a certain gene that someone has is expressed a little bit too much, and it's just not you know, symmetrical at the end of the day, if it's just not right, that can indicate, you know, some kind of deformity or something that's wrong. And so most people won't want to naturally and biologically, they won't want to mate with that person, which I think is interesting because you have people love whoever they love, right? And you have a lot of people that say, you know, looks don't matter to me, you know, whatever. But I personally am really, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that you can have exceptions to what you feel is extremely attractive and then to what you're like, okay, this person's good for me, but you have to have some kind of attraction to them, you know, a little bit of symmetry that may be off for you. doesn't mean that it's not right for someone else. I just think that that's pretty interesting, but most of these small fluctuations result in what is called micro asymmetry, which we can't detect with the naked eye. So basically sometimes these things aren't super obvious to you. Um, So someone, let's take someone who people think is really beautiful. I got one. So Tom Cruise, right? Tom Cruise was, you know, the epitome of the hot guy for a, a long time. And some people still find him very attractive. Yeah, but if you, ever, yeah, <laughs> if you ever look at his teeth, his, his yes. teeth are not in the middle of his face. Like no. his front tooth, the right in the middle of it, it's like right in the middle. So most people have, you know, it's half and half, yeah. but no one really notices that his smile is not even, it's I not did. symmetrical. So guys, go out, go Google this, Tom Cruise <laughs> and his smile, and look at that. Never noticed it until it was pointed out to me when I was reading an, an article about symmetrical faces. No, I did. And I, that's actually one of the reasons when his mouth is closed for me, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good looking guy. But then he smiles sometimes and I'm like, it's a beautiful smile. Like, don't get yes. me wrong. But I did notice, you know, it's a little off. So it's a little weird to me, but you know, it's a thing. But, and he runs really fast, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, he does. Some people are also attracted to other people because of how intelligent they are. I mean, mm. how many girls have you heard in college that have fallen for their college professor? It's not like they look like Brad Pitt or, mm-hmm. you know, Michael B. Jordan or anything like that, but no. they're attracted to the man. They feel a level of attraction because of how intelligent they are. They may be like masters in that field and, you know, or people who just know what they're talking about. And those those people would be sapiosexuals. I know a lot of people talk about this. So mm-hmm. why don't you give us the definition? I mean, very easily a sapiosexual is someone who finds intelligence to be sexually attractive. Basically, you are physically um, aroused, I guess, by someone's brain. You know, yeah. that's what does it for you. And I was reading an article, a separate article about this. And someone was like, she's like, there's like, there's plenty of plenty of us out there like this. And the person was like, what are looks to you? And there, she was like, looks do not matter to me. Like, I literally do not care what this person looks like. If your brain is attractive to me and if you are into what I'm into and you, you're intelligent, then you're for me. I think that's cool. I mean, we all want to be... In some part, you want to have a partner that loves you for your brain, of course. Um, right, because looks fade, your body fades, everything changes physically. Exactly. But yeah, so online, you'll see a lot of people be like, oh, I'm a sapiosexual. That's what I'm looking for. I really want somebody intelligent to have these deep conversations with. But then they will follow that up with like some of the most superficial stuff, like mm-hmm. what your toes have to be done. You know, your eyebrows need to be popping you know, this, and I'm like, do you realize what that means? It sounds good, but do you really yeah. mean that? I don't know if that's I mean, really true then. To some extent, I'm not sure if that's 100%, you know, but if you are someone who is a sapiosexual, or you know someone, tell us because I have questions. Like, how can that be 100% true? Because attractiveness is just such a large part of a relationship. That, that just yeah, sounds so we, have strange. we have questions. <laughs> but there's also, oh, I mean, I don't think we actually put this down, but you know, there's some people that are asexual. You know, yes. people that just really don't have any desire to be with anyone. Well, so being asexual doesn't always necessarily mean a desire to be with, with anyone. Mm-hmm. Asexual people don't have a desire to be with anyone sexually. Oh. Some of them don't have a desire to be with anyone at all. But other than a lot of them do are romantic and mm. they still want a romantic connection. They may want to kiss or go on dates or have a romantic partner, but they just don't have the desire to consummate that relationship. Hmm. So there's different levels of being asexual. It's not just, I don't want to be with anyone, boom, done, don't care. There was a movie called Pat. Do you remember that a long time ago? Um, Describe it to me. I might. Pat was like a chubbier person Mm -hmm. that had like really short, tightly coiled, curly hair, Mm -hmm. a little overweight. Pat is kind of the stereotypical person for being asexual, you know, and so if you look that person up, you'll see what I'm saying. Um, But now that sexuality is not really defined by like I'm a boy and I want a girl and I'm a girl who wants a boy you may be gender neutral you may be a certain way and maybe you just feel like I am just a person and I don't need another person and that's fine Mm, those people tend to have deeper friendships and things like that but they don't define themselves by having a sexual relationship so anyway look Pat up it it was a crazy movie when I was really young Um, I just looked it up um I don't remember this at all (laughs) really what in the what is this nonsense just the pictures alone i'm not Mm -mm. i try to do my best to describe it without being offensive in any way no you don't no 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 let's let's go ahead and hold on it says plot on wikipedia pat riley is a chubby whiny and obnoxious job hopper of indeterminate gender who is searching Mm -hmm. for a steady foundation in life pat encounters chris whose sex is also unrevealed the two fall in love and get engaged meanwhile pat's neighbor kyle jacobson develops an unhealthy obsession with unveiling 
past sex and begins stalking Pat. Yep. Okay, wow. So Pat is androgynous and it's actually based off of a Saturday Night Live character. So, yeah. Oh so God. it's interesting. I'm again, I'm not recommending watching the movie because it was just ridiculous and I was like, <laughs> I don't know how old when it came out. I was like 12. So. Oh my gosh. I think I'm good. I think I'm going to pass. I love movies, but I think it says it's comedy slapstick and I'm not a fan of slapstick comedy. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so some other things. So in terms of dating, dating has changed so significantly since we were younger versus now i know that i love dating when i was growing up it was just so cute it was like a courtship you would stay (laughs) late on the phone you'd have crushes or hope you would run into them at like the mall or at your friend's house or a party or the park Mm -hmm. and you know you just kind of hope and hope and hope and hope and things work would work out you do like your little cutie for like send your friend over to talk to somebody or whatever and i really love staying late on the phone that was like my favorite thing because i am so much better on the phone than I am through texting when it comes to texting I am dry like I'm just like hello how are you today question mark done and for me that's like a big deal (laughs) and but on the phone I have game son like I'm smooth like I can make somebody kind of like fall into my web I'm like yeah come closer yeah you want to get to know me that's me on the phone but texting like you're not going to get the best of my personality I can be honest about that in this new online age that probably means I'm not the most successful that's okay that's okay what did you miss about when you were dating when you were younger oh I think probably just the unknowing, you know, like just getting to know someone and just being like, oh my God, that new feeling of someone is interested in me. Oh, this person likes me. And, you know, I'm going to get to know them and see what it's all about. And and then just having fun at the end of the day, you know, like when you're younger, I, I think it's, you go through steps in, in ages, right? So when you're in elementary school, middle school, it's like that whole giggling thing and being a little shy and I like him. He likes me. And it's like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Bye. And then you don't really talk to each other or you just kind of maybe you hold hands one time and then you're done after two weeks. So I was a late bloomer, so I have no knowledge of any of this. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to tell you. So when I was in sixth grade, it was really funny. This kid, I think he was really short. I mean, because middle school, remember, the girls are taller, the boys are going to be smaller. But this guy, he was like up to my shoulder and he really liked me. And he would give me a note every single day. And it was always like a computer. You remember um, like paint? You would use um, the program on your computer. So he would always make a card for me or like a note for me. I mean, every day about how much he liked me, blah, blah, blah. Randomly give me a flower. And (laughs) I remember I I was like, okay, he's going to be my boyfriend. And it was just so weird. I remember he was my first pop kiss. And it was so weird because like we did little kisses and then we walked away from each other. (laughs) So how old are you when this happened? Oh my gosh, this is sixth grade. So you super didn't young. Have my first kiss until I was in ninth grade. Oh, okay. And it was only because my best friend told the guy that I had a crush on. He uh-huh. also had a crush on me, but he also had a kid. And I was like, What? You're, you're a dad, but you're 15. Like, what? And so I, what in the what? And I stopped taking his phone call. So he asked my best friend, He's like, Why won't she talk to me? I don't understand. And she was like, Well, she's just really intimidated because you have a kid. So she feels like you're going to pressure her because mm. she hasn't even had her first kiss yet. Oh. And he was like, What? And he was, I know this is nothing now, but he was on the varsity football team, even Ooh. though we were both like super young. Mm -hmm. And so 
in the middle of, of the hallway, we're going from class to class. He passes me by, stops me, grabs my shoulders and just kisses me. And that was my <laughs> first kiss in the middle of the hallway with all these people and everybody around. And I was just like, what just happened? No, no, not like this. So, yes, that was my like first this. kiss. Yeah. That's why it's so awkward. That's why I think it's so cute when you're younger. Cause you just, you're, you're figuring it out. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You're just literally, I mean, you're going through puberty. It is, puberty is a bitch. It's <laughs> a rough time. These are strange and uncharted, like, fucking land. What is happening? But I think that's cute. I mean, it changes as you get older. You start to learn a little bit more about yourself. You start to realize there's a little bit more to this. And then you start to, something happens, I think, in, like, what, like, 10th grade, 11th grade? And you're like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to be an adult soon. Like, 18 is an adult. And what do we do after that? Oh, well, you're supposed to, like, go to college. And then after that, you're supposed to get married. And you're going to have, like, there's, like, this whole process that society tells you you're supposed to do. So your idea of what a relationship is just start to grow, of course. And plus you're developing, you know, stronger friendships, separating more from your parents. And so there's just a lot going on. And I think it's really important. Um, And this is something I learned when I was younger and looking back on myself. Parents in general, I think it's really important for parents to not completely let their children go crazy when they're developing these types of feelings, romantic feelings, but to help them along. You know, um, I think that some parents interfere too much and it really could mess up what that child or that teenager thinks about what romance could be or what a healthy relationship should be like because they're just so scared now like okay well my parents are like scaring me you know oh well what do I do now I think some parents this is just side note I think some parents need to take a step back remember what it was like for you and help guide your kids instead of interfering too much support them obviously you don't want them in a, a dangerous situation but if it's a harmless situation let them do what they need to do discover yeah. themselves you know so growing up I don't know I think we, we're gonna probably talk about a lot about this <laughs> yeah we will teenager jabby was um interesting <laughs> <laughs> tbd we're gonna get to that uh later episodes i think we're gonna kind of delve into some of what it was like growing up for us but um <laughs> i know so i like i said i was a late bloomer and i didn't have my first official boyfriend until i was in 11th grade Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't even like he asked me to be his girlfriend. We just started like walking to lunch together and walking to the <laughs> parking lot after school together. And then my friends were like, when are you guys going to start dating? And he was like, we've been dating for like two weeks. And I was like, what? When? That's news to me. Like, oh, but okay. And so like, that was my first relationship. We dated for like almost two years. We dated until almost until we graduated. And it was okay. I, I learned a lot in dating someone. It was more of a friendship. Mm-hmm. But after high school dating, like whew, it, it, it took a turn. It's a whole other turn. animal. Yeah. So that was, I think right after high school, my first year in college, I kind of got introduced to the online dating or not even dating, online socializing, okay. right? Because before that we really did MSN messenger, maybe Yahoo messenger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Doreen. Hey girl. ASL. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's coming too. <laughs> that's coming to uh, AOL and all that stuff. So that was really what we knew. And then when I got to college, I was introduced to Black Planet, College Club. And then I was also doing the AOL chat rooms, which were never my favorite because they were Wait, some creeps. Black Planet, why do I? Was that the one that was advertised like on BET a lot? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you sign up at one point? I signed up. And I had a very active profile. I wrote poetry at the time. And so. Okay. I was very Afrocentric, and so I would have all this poetry and stuff online, and Wait, all these on. different guys. I'm sorry, was it spoken word poetry? Was it? My I name? never spoke it out loud, so I'm gonna say no. It was just written but it was down. in your head, though. Say so it was. Yes. 
you should stop at the end of it. It was it was some good stuff. I'm proud of it. Will you, but I will remember you show my me some side of it hustle. One day? Yeah. Hey. I remember my side hustle in high school was guys would like girls and they'd be like, Can you write me a poem for her? And oh, I'm cool. like, Yep, tell me about her. Tell me what you like about her. And the next day I would write a poem for them and they would give it to them and like they're like, Oh my god, she agreed to be my girlfriend. That was my side hustle. I made oh, like fifteen dollars a poem. What? But so Black Planet was like the place to be, you know, <laughs> if you were a person of color, you had a Black Planet page in the early 2000s, or you were on college club socializing with all these different other people. And it was more about just socializing than it was yeah. necessarily dating. I do remember on Black Planet, I met this guy and he tried to talk to me and we chatted back and forth. But it didn't really go anywhere because it wasn't about meeting up. It was just more like trying to have, um, have a good time, you know, with mm -hmm. some of these people. I remember on Black Planet, he he had this picture of him doing a handstand on the edge of his chair and like having his whole body like raised in the air and I was like okay dang and then fast <laughs> forward almost seven years we ended up working at the same place together you know and I'm like oh my god wow. I know you so it's just it was just a small world with Black Planet and uh, College Club so I also remember being in all these AOL chat rooms because AIM was the place to be Yes, and <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't into it as much as like some of my friends were like, they were like, Oh my God, my friend is going to be in this chat. And I have this friend here and I have this friend there. You know, there were so many different chat rooms for like people in Miami, teens, mm -hmm. uh, college students. There was just a ton of them and everyone would just get in there and just type, type, type away. If you made a connection with someone, then they would ask you to have the conversation off, off the group chat and you just have oh, individual yeah. chat. And, um, I have a story, but what were your, your particular, no, 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 tell me your story today? first. I want to hear it. So one of my friends was really into AOL chat. She was on there all the time. She had all these little friends that she made all over the country. And she really fell for this guy. And he was in Ohio or something like that. And she changed like all of her passwords to him. And all of her screensavers were him. And oh, all no. the stuff. She would write him poetry. He would write her poetry. But he had a girlfriend that she was also friends with in this chat room. Wait, did and she know? Yeah. She was just like, I just really like him. But he has a girlfriend. Oh, so he okay. broke up with the girlfriend. And she's like, oh, we're going to be together and he just kind of strung her along for a while they would talk on the phone all the time but it never really went anywhere and for whatever reason she decided to send him a picture of me and he was just like oh my god I'm in love with this girl like she's amazing I want to talk yeah. to her so he calls me because she would stay at my house every now and then so he had my phone number so one night he randomly called me and was just like, I'm really intrigued by you. I think you're beautiful. You're the type of girl that I really like. And, you know, I really feel like you've had a really, you know, really bad run with relationships and I want to be a good man to you and, you know, show you what a good guy really looks like. And I was like, are you a good guy though? You who led my friend on for months and, you know, knowing that she liked you and you didn't, you clearly don't really like her and now you're hitting on me. I'm like, I'm good. I have enough friends. Thanks. Don't call me again. Click Damn. goodbye. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years later, we actually ended up dating dating or talking Stop. but uh yeah it How was funny. it was a little messy it was a little messy but I think he was my first catfish but I'll get mm -hmm. into that later so tell me your your AOL stories no I just thought it was really interesting because you're right there were so many chat rooms like there were so many websites that had group chats and then so many people to meet I remember I mean when I think about chat rooms back then in my head I just see names and messages just going really quickly just everything moving up moving yep. up moving up and you don't see that anymore and then you know every once in a while you see like 
so-and-so wants to private message you. So-and-so wants, and then it'd be like ASL. Yep. And that's just always how it started. And ASL I remember, is age, sex, and location. Yes. <laughs> and I remember me and my friend, I would go to her house and we would spend hours just in chat rooms, just talking to people. And then I remember, I think it was for like maybe a good month or so, we found a internet quote-unquote boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> because we were both talking to him. And we would talk to him at the same time. Obviously, we're both, you know, hanging out together. But it was just so silly. I mean, I think AOL, I when it started, I was too young anyways. It wasn't a big deal to me. It was just about, this is the internet. This is what you do. You go in, you talk to people in chat rooms, whatever. And it was always, you know, you have to be careful, you know, who you talk to and don't agree to meet up with people, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think towards the end of using AOL, which is really funny, I was, I'm trying to think if Bill ever messaged me on AOL. I don't think so. I think it was already MySpace. I think MySpace was already almost done or something like that. But I So know. after I left AOL, I went back to Black Planet for a while and then I ended up going on to MySpace eventually. And I never really got into MySpace. I love the top eight. And I would, you know, like rank my friends and all that stuff. But I never really got into MySpace oh, that much. I was deep in MySpace. It was, so me and Doreen are actually a couple of years apart. So it's a little bit different for me. It was really huge. I remember one time my friend was like, can you take off some of the graphics off of your page? Because it always crashes my computer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love coding and like changing everything. But I think it was really funny. Actually, before AOL, there was, oh, was it LiveJournal? No, I'm sorry. After AOL was LiveJournal in like blurty and like blogs basically do you remember that no that was be- that was yeah beyond me oh okay so before myspace yeah live journal was really big and i actually someone that i i kind of was seeing for like almost a year i actually talked to him on live journal and that was how we kind of got together and that was kind of strange but but myspace happened and that's actually how an ex-boyfriend had found me at one point he'd actually messaged me and say i was like maybe like 21 22? I don't know. I can't remember. Those ages all blend together. It was someone that I knew in high school. And he was like, oh my God, I've been looking for you like forever. And I finally found you on MySpace. It was just one of those weird connectors kind of thing. And people could like really search you on there. But I do remember when my husband was trying to court me, I was seeing someone and he sent me, I wrote something. There used to be this thing on MySpace where you could send out a big message to all of your friends and it show up in like your mailbox sort of. People mm-hmm. could comment back to you. And I remember I wrote something, I don't know, probably something stupid, a music lyric or something like that. And my husband thought he was being smooth and like responded to me. And I was, I, sh- I shut him down really quick. I was like, <laughs> nope. I was like You're, we're not doing this. That was terrible. Don't try that again. And scene. <laughs> And fast forward, they're married now. So clearly, there was not the end of that scene. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm not going to lie. Social media and online dating, I mean, that's how my husband courted me, really. Started out by talking online. Well, I met him in person. But then after that, it was talking online, send each other music, and just chat about different things, things we like. And then it just went from there. But that was MySpace. MySpace was like a wild, wild west. (laughs) MySpace hung around for quite a bit. But I do remember around the end of the MySpace era, Craigslist started to come into the picture and everybody was on oh, craigslist no. and like craigslist was just serial killer land right yes, that's what, what you say <laughs> it was i mean there were literally people who got murdered off of craigslist all sorts of crazy stuff but my favorite part about craigslist was the missed connections section yeah. 
where people would be like, hey, I saw you at the gym and we made eye contact for three seconds and I really liked you and like, I really hope that you remember me and like hit me up. And I remember reading the story in Atlanta about this guy who was like, hey girl, I saw you at this Kroger and you were looking good and we were in the same aisle and we kind of bumped into each other and then you farted and then <laughs> pretended that you didn't fart and I asked if it was you and you said no, but I really thought you were super cute to like hit me up. But I'm like, what? What? What in the what? You were her pheromones were on point. She farted, but her pheromones were on point. <laughs> and so Craigslist was just, and then, but the problem with Craigslist is that it brought out all of the crazies. Like you had guys who were like, I have all these elaborate fantasies or I have w- women who wanted this or that. And like, it, but, but the problem with Craigslist is it kind of quickly turned into like prostitution kind of. Yeah. Where it was That's like, people I... were like, if you want to meet up with me this, or if you want to get a special ending, happy ending during a massage, like this is where you would find those people. And That's then, so you know, fast, yeah. And then fast forward, Craigslist got shut down a couple of years ago. But what happened when Craigslist got shut down, all of those people who had these really awful, the wall requests from partners they started to go into the other dating apps like match and tinder plenty mm. of fish and bumble and so you were just like people who were still online dating at that time were flooded with all these like weirdos who had yeah. these weird and you're like what like can i see your feet i would like to see your feet how are your feet doing today and it's like no 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 thank you no but i want to see your feet after you've been walking all day in sneakers yes. <laughs> i remember i had a guy who was like um how are your feet doing and i'm like oh lol well, you know, like, oh, my feet are good. I had a good day. He's like, I didn't ask about you. I asked about how your feet were doing. And I was like, okay. And I was like, he's weird. And I stopped talking to him. But my roommate at the time, when I told her the story, she's like, that's so weird. It sounds like this guy that I met. And he asked me the same thing. And I'm like, wait, it was his name, whatever, whatever. And she was like, yes. And I'm like, girl, you stopped talking to him, right? She's like, well, I mean, I was hungry that day. So I let him take me out to dinner a couple of times. I'm like, no, no, no. You almost became a lampshade, girl. (laughs) Calm down. And then when I moved to Denver, I didn't really know anyone. I wasn't really the most social. So I remember I tried to join like either, it was like Match, I think. And they were doing like a free weekend or something. And they asked you to put these really detailed dating profile about what you're looking for, who you're interested in. And this was one of the like low points of my dating career or my dating track record where- (laughs) I I like career. I'm I'm fine with that. Career, I'm good with. <laughs> I put in all this stuff, and at the end, it was like, We have no matches for you within a hundred miles. Please try again. And I was like, Did you just reject me? Did you just reject me? (laughs) Match.com rejected me because I wanted something so specific. They had nothing to offer me. And they're like, Yeah, try again another time when it's when when you have to pay for it, maybe. So that was a funny story for me. And then Things then all of a sudden, like Tinder became like really, really popular. And Tinder is kind of known as being like the hookup app, but I didn't know that at the time. And so I tried to go on a couple of dates off of Tinder, and clearly the men knew it. I was a naive person, was like, we're just going to meet up for coffee and it's going to be great. It was not great. Grind um, your beans, girl. <laughs> well, grind my beans. I've never heard that. No, call me. <laughs> I tried. I, me- I remember this guy who was like, we talked on the phone and we had a good conversation. And he was like, well, let's meet up in person. I'm like, sure, let's do it. And he's like, well, let's meet at Starbucks right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. That's really spur of the moment, but sure. So I get dressed and I go to meet him at Starbucks and I'm calling him and texting him like, hey, I'm here. Where are you? No response. So I'm there for like 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm about to leave because he picked the location. Yeah. And then he texts me, I'm so sorry. I didn't see this. I'm on my way. He shows up 40 minutes later. Yeah. So I have now been at this place for an hour. So of course I got coffee. 
wait, I'm just waiting. He shows up and was just like, oh, I thought from your pictures that you were Hispanic. I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm Haitian. I'm just light-skinned, but I'm, I'm not Hispanic. He's like, why well, you usually date Spanish girls? I was like, okay, but still not Spanish. Yeah, okay, and he great. was just like, okay. And then insisted on speaking Spanish to me the entire time. But what was worse was when he actually sat down, he was like, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, I already have this coffee that I'm holding and drinking. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm good. I was like, are you going to get something? He's like, well, I don't drink coffee. So why did you pick Starbucks? Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of weird. And when he sat down I looked at him I'm like oh my gosh this guy had a long gray hair coming out of his nose and it was so long that it curled out and back up again so it looked like he had a gray haired nose ring it was all that I could stare at and I was just so turned off and the Spanish stopped talking I was just like I can't so when we left, I just never talked to him again. And he sent me a bunch of nasty messages, but eventually he like fell away. So Tinder, I met like one really good guy off of there, but he was divorced and wasn't quite ready for something serious. So it just kind of died down after a while, but yeah. there was no drama. I was really scared to meet people off of a lot of these apps. So I was just, you know, getting my Which stranger Which is fine. Danger. I mean, yeah, yeah. stranger danger. Yeah. So I never really, just couldn't really get down with it. And then one of my friends was like, oh, you should try Bumble. And so Bumble was different because you can match with someone swipe left swipe right all mm-hmm. that good stuff and swiping left means that you like them swiping right means that you don't right or maybe no, no the other way other way around okay so swipe right means you like them swiping left means that you don't so mm-hmm. you just swipe 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 and so she was like with bumble even if you guys match the guy is not allowed to speak to you first mm-hmm. you have to make that first move or else they can't contact you oh. which is supposed to make women feel a little bit safer in dating so that you don't get a lot of creeps sitting on you all the time and um and so then there was like plenty of fish which i didn't really care for i mean mm-hmm. some people met people off of there but not really for me and so real quick i want to talk about some of the pitfalls of online dating okay tell me so one is being catfished or kitten fished um, <laughs> wait i've never heard kitten fish when you're kitten fished it means that there's an older person could be a man or a woman who only puts younger pictures of themselves online in hopes of catching a younger partner. So when you actually meet up with them in person, like you may think this person is 35, but in reality, they may be like 50 or 60. No. Because so instead of catfishing you, which would be pretending to be someone completely different, they're kitten fishing you because they're pretending to be a kitten when they're really a grown cat. No. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Grandpa, no, don't do it. (laughs) So some guys have complained about a lot of head-only pictures for girls who are larger. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a guy, oh gosh, he was like, can you send me a picture of your legs? And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, can you send me a picture of your legs? I was like, that's weird. And he Mm -hmm. was just like, well, no, I met this girl online and she only had, you know, chest up pictures. And when Mm -hmm. I met up with her in person, she was actually in a wheelchair and didn't have any legs. And so, oh my God. Stop it. And he was like, and I've been really traumatized ever since. So I always ask girls to send me pictures of their legs. I was like, bro, I need you to take a time out and just walk away for a bit. Like you don't, that's not a normal request. People complain about that or people using all these filters and stuff to put on their pictures. So they're not necessarily representing who they really are because with Mm -hmm. filters, you look amazing. Like filters, even at your skin, they make you look smooth, young, make your eyes pop, all that stuff. And so there are a couple of different things that can happen when you're online dating. And I'm going to go inside. So ghosting is when someone essentially just disappears from your life. You may be dating them, talking to them, you know, going, going out and doing all sorts of stuff. And then they will just literally disappear. They'll stop answering you. They may block you on social media. If you're following each other, they just fall off the face of the earth. That's wild. So that's like the, remember I told you about the guy that I dated and you're like, he's a spy. (laughs) 
Yep. He's a fucking spy because, I mean, serious relationship, thought it was going to be this great thing. And all of a sudden, he literally has dropped off the face of the earth. Could not find him anywhere. It's really strange. And I remember talking to Doreen in detail about it. And I'm going to leave the details with between me and Doreen. But Doreen, at the end of the day, was like, he's a fucking spy. Like, I guarantee you, he is some kind of spy for the government. I don't know which government, but he is because you can't find him anywhere. And I was like, you know what? I'll accept it. Yeah, right? <laughs> he didn't just like ghost me. He He's just doing some secret stuff. And that's okay. <laughs> Heard, okay? Yeah. Don't ghost people. Just say what's up, okay? But I get it, it sometimes. Yeah, I know. If the person's weird a little bit too much for you, you got to do what you got to do. There's something called cookie jarring. Do you know what that is? No, you're teaching me so much. <laughs> When you cookie jar someone, it's like you're keeping them as a backup in case it doesn't work out with your current partner. Okay. Yeah. Right? So you just have them like in a little jar somewhere waiting on the shelf until you're hungry. These are just things you naturally do when you're dating, okay? (laughs) When you are not fully committed to someone, you got to have a backup. I'm just saying. (laughs) I I used to, but I realized you're never going to be fully invested in that relationship if you always have a backup, you know? Hmm. So I have stopped doing that. I just give my attention to the person that I'm with and hope for the best and put all my energy into that. Because if not, then I know that I'm like, I don't need you, but more of that. There's also orbiting. Orbiting is when someone is not quite part of your life, but make sure to keep themselves relevant to you. So Mm -hmm. they may text you once every like two months and be like, hey girl, how are you doing? What's going on? How's your family? You know, what's happening? Or like they might comment on a social media post and you know you're about to start things up again. They Mm -hmm. keep you in just enough of an orbit that they're Mm. still kind of in your life, but not enough that they're actually a part of your regular everyday life. Then there's breadcrumbing where Mm -hmm. you can guess what that is, where you do just enough. Another one like they may take you out on a date and then you may not go on a date for another year. And then they'll call you up and be like, oh, hey, I have this surprise. They do just a little nibble, a little something to keep you going, you know, from the next point. But <laughs> again, not enough to just, you know, actually doing that, you know, doing anything serious with you. Oh my God. And then there's another one called benching where it's similar to breadcrumbing and cookie jarring. You keep someone on the sidelines until further notice, just in case you may want to connect down the road. You definitely don't want them now. You know you don't want to be in a relationship, but you're just like, you could be a good backup for the backup and the backup, you know, like. (laughs) Backup for the backup. (laughs) So I think one of the biggest problems with online dating is that it's so easily accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. So when you meet someone online, you think that, oh, we've had this great connection, but they've probably also had a great connection with four other people that they're kind of Mm -hmm. like texting with and chatting with. So it's kind of like you have to beat out the competition. And sometimes it's hard for people to let go of all those other people because it's like, well, I don't know if this is really going to be real. Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard to be monogamous when you're doing all this. Everybody knows you can Netflix and chill, but is that a real date? You know, not really. As much as we hate to leave you hanging on that note, we are actually going to do a second part where we discuss the rest of dating and relationships on the next episode. So please stay tuned as we continue to talk about 
how dating looks like in this crazy world that we're in today. That is it for this week. But before I mention all the other business that we have going on, I want to mention that we have an interactive listener episode that we're working on. And we're kind of planning on making it a normal part of our routine as time goes on. But look out for more information on that in the coming weeks. The best way to get details is to visit ebenistas.com and sign up for our mailing list. We will have that up and running shortly. If you haven't done so yet, please rate us on your favorite podcast platform especially on iTunes. When you do that, it allows us to be seen by more listeners and get, you know, all the content out to everyone. Also, I want to mention last week we had our podcast on the coronavirus, iCorona, and we have our playlist, our music playlist on Spotify. I told Doreen, I was like, by the way, did you know that Todrick Hall, who is an awesome artist out right now. He has an EP that came out that's called Quarantine Queen, and it is amazing. It's literally just a bunch of dance tracks all about being in quarantine and the shit show that is happening right now. <laughs> and, and like there's music videos out. So definitely check out the playlist. We have a couple of his songs on there, but I went down a rabbit hole with him that night. I was supposed to be editing the show. And I mean, an hour later, Bill was like, really, really? Like, <laughs> come on, get out of the hole. Because Patrick Hall is just, he's so talented. He's so cool. But if you haven't seen him, check him out. Try not to go down the rabbit hole with me. It's, it's sad. But otherwise, that is it. That was fun. That was a lot of information, dude. It was. Do you guys want to hear more? Let us know. Check <laughs> us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And email us, ebenesis at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Oh, don't let anyone pee in your bed either. Please don't. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Don't let them pee in your head. <laughs> oh my God. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Or we'll talk to you next week. We can't see them. It's a podcast. Duh. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> Bye. The Ebenezer's podcast was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions.